Um, today's call to worship uh, can be found in responsive reading, page 798 in your hymnals. I will be reading the regular text, and the congregation will be reading the bold text. Again, that was page, or I guess responsive reading, 798. When you pray, do not imitate the hypocrites. They love to say their prayers standing up in the synagogues and at the street corners for people to see them. I tell you solemnly, they have had their reward. In your prayers, do not babble as the pagans do, for they think that by using many words they will make themselves heard. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Is there a man among you who would hand his son a stone when he asks for bread? Or would you hand him a snake when he asked for a fish? Amen. Our gospel reading will be found in Luke 1, verse 13 and 18 through 20. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm, a man, I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be here today and to worship with you and to consider prayer. College woman walks into her dorm with a big smile on her face, and um, her roommate is um, studying diligently, and she walks over to her bed, and after the date with her boyfriend, the one she loves, sits down on her bed, and she starts texting and smiling. The roommate rolls her eyes. The young man gets a message from his mom. Honey, why haven't you called me? Uh, just a minute, Mom. i got to take this text message. When you're young and in love, you communicate all the time. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, when Jenny and I were young, a long time ago, we would sit in the car and communicate. We didn't have anything else. But I know that you all, if we had time to go around, would say and tell us your stories of communicating with the one you love. Amen? You just 
can't say enough things and you love to be together and you love to talk and share and think about the future and tell each other how much you love one another. That is what prayer is about. Prayer is really a grace of God. Prayer is a gift from God. And prayer is something that uh, we want to embrace and think about today. Now, I talked to all the leadership in the back here, so I want to uh, invite you that at the end of the service today, I'll have the benediction, the church service will end like normal. And uh, the only thing is, I'm not going to go back, or my wife and I won't go back there to shake your hands. Jenny and I will be up here in the front. And if there's any of you here today who have special prayer needs or just want to come up and pray, I invite you to do that. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. It's at the end of the service. Don't let the devil dissuade you. If you have a prayer need, this is your day. This is the day to come up. We have seen many, many prayers answered. And you have too. Correct? God is a God who answers prayers, and today may be your day as well. So just consider this and pray about it as we go through our service and, and we talk about our great God who loves us the most, and we talk about prayer. So please open your Bibles now. Same scripture, Luke chapter 1. And I'll be using uh, uh, the Bible to reference these scriptures. And I want you to look at them with me. Because we want to talk about answered prayers. And here we have the story of a man uh, named Zechariah and uh, his wife Elizabeth. No children, and he's been praying for children. And um, let's see what happens here. I'll draw a couple of ideas out for us. Now I'm going to look at chapter 1 of Luke, and I'm going to start at verse 13. And when you're there, just say Amen. It says, but the angel said to him, you know, the angel came, don't be afraid, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Notice, singular or plural on the prayer. Your prayer, the one prayer you've been praying has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a what? A son. So what's he been praying for? A son. And you should call his name... John. Now, John is a great name, and he's going to be a great person, but he needs to be born at a particular time. Now, just think if God would have answered Zachariah's prayer five years before, um, that would mean he would be five years before the Savior was born. You know, he and Jesus are contemporaries. They're six months apart and they're cousins. So there's timing involved here. Now look at verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, you know, how shall I know this? You're going to have a son. You're going to have a boy. It's just what you've been praying for. Zechariah says, well, how shall I know this? And what is his reasoning? I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Isn't that, it's kind of nice how he says that about his wife. Isn't that nice? I like that. Well advanced in years. In other words, we really can't have any children anymore, biologically speaking, scientifically speaking, you know, normally speaking, 
you know. Now, by contrast, when you go home today, read the whole chapter 1, and you'll find out, by contrast, that when the angel Gabriel goes to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and says, you're going to have a son. It's going to be great, you know, lots of different things like that. She says, let it be to me as you have spoken. What a contrast, huh? Zechariah was praying for a son, we don't know how many years, but I imagine many, many, many years. Some of you here have been praying a prayer for many years. And sometimes you wonder, is this ever going to be answered? I want you to know that God answers prayers. Amen? God answers every prayer. The only thing is is that God answers every prayer in His time. Not our time. Zechariah was praying for a son. He prayed frequently. And so often it became rote memory. You know what I mean? Have you, can you, are there particular songs that you sing in church that you have the hymnal in front of you, but you know it so well, you can just sing it? And are there things that we say in our prayers so often that we don't even think about what we're saying. Don't want to step on anybody's toes, you know? We say them so often and so frequently, we don't even think about what we're saying. That was the prayer of Zechariah. He prayed this so often, it was just like, mind in neutral, and Lord, don't forget to give us a son. Amen. Now, part of that role memory stuff is because we really don't believe God can do it. It's so big, it's so amazing, it's so unbelievable, we wonder if God could really do that. And then what we do is we get into the Zachariah syndrome. The Zachariah syndrome is this. We begin to assess the possibility of an answered prayer based upon human understanding. Human possibility. Well, that's not scientifically possible. I've never heard of an answered prayer like that before. And look at how old I am. And look at, and you know, whatever prayer you've been praying for, oh, but my prayer is about someone who lives 5,000 miles away across our nation, across around the world. How could that possibly come about? Don't raise your hands. How many have doubted your own prayers sometimes? But you go ahead and pray them anyway, okay? With God, nothing is impossible. Would you say that with me? With God, nothing is impossible. Do you believe it? It is absolutely certain, absolutely positive. But then it goes down to verse 20 and it says... To Zechariah, from the angel, of course, but behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because why? What does your Bible say? You did not believe my words, which will, which will be fulfilled in their time. He didn't believe what the angel was saying to him. He didn't believe his own prayer and didn't believe the angel. And this is a man of God. Can I get an amen? amen? 
which tells us that the men of God and the pastors were all the same. We're all sinners, we're all in need of Jesus, and we're all learning, right? Nobody's got this whole thing together. Nobody's got this down. This is a God thing. We're learning and we're moving together. And this message is one where we, we move together. This, see, what's happening to me and Jenny, I think I mentioned, you know, I was a pastor at the Downey Church for 15 years. We've been in ministry, well, 36 and a half years, and now I'm retired. And then the conference comes to me and says, hey, uh, Pastor Mitch, would you mind uh, sharing with the other pastors um, something that we did at our church called We Would Make Disciples Through Small Groups? And I'm going to talk to your pastor about teaching you, but I need his permission, of course. But um, the gatekeepers of the conference, they invite me in, hey, can you go and share this? And I said, sure, I'll go and share it and everything. So now I've been sharing it with groups of pastors about making disciples through small groups. You know, it's a way of discipling people. And um, there's been one thing. Here's my Zachariah syndrome story. Are you ready? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe no pastor wants me to come over and kind of share with them what I'm doing. Maybe no congregation wants me to come to their church and show them or teach them. And then in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, that's a good thing, because then I could sell my house, move to Sacramento, where my grandchildren are at. We have, Jenny and I have 11 grandkids. We have two, grand, two families in uh, Colorado that equal eight grandkids, and we have three grandkids in Sacramento. It's too cold to live in Colorado, sorry. <laughs> so we're going to live up there. And Jenny and I were kind of planning on doing that until... The Lord brought this to our mind. We should stay here in the Los Angeles area and continue pastoring and doing what we do. And as I was praying, Lord, if you want me to teach this, open the doors. And in the back of my mind, I was going, but I, really, I don't know if I really want to anymore, Lord. I want to go to see my grandkids. You see how double-minded I am? And the Lord brought this to my attention this week. And on the one hand, I'm praying, Lord, help me in this ministry you've given me to help the pastors, help the congregations. And on the other side, I'm going, but Lord, it's going to be really good when I can go up and be with my grandkids. See what I mean? Now, I know nobody else here does that, right? <laughs> so we are together, are we not? We are together. But you know, we serve a living God of grace who knows us better than we know ourselves. Psalm 139, he knew us as we were being knit together in our mother's womb. He knows us intimately. He knows. And he says, come to my throne of grace with your prayers. And come because you know I love you. And come because I have the best interest in your mind for you. And come with the larger than life prayers. I'll talk about that in a minute. God can answer the big prayers, everybody. But he answers them in his time. It's going to be God's time because it's going to be God's glory. Okay? Now, don't you give up on that big prayer because the Lord has put that on your heart and you need to continue to pray for that prayer. Not by rote memory, though, okay? 
after today. It's like, hey, Lord, here I am again. Okay, I'm ready. God will answer your prayer in his time. This is an example, Zechariah's life. There are many others. Um, let's see, who else kind of rushed it when God promised them a son? Uh-huh, Abraham and Sarah. We know that story, don't we? And we kind of want to rush things too. But God says, wait. God can say no or not yet. He can say whatever he wants to say. And he makes it clear to us. And um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk to you about listening as you pray, listening to God. And that's going to be another time. So the first thing I want to say is when you pray, go to the Lord and pray your prayer, but know that it will be answered in God's time, not our time. If it was answered in Zachariah's time, they would have had a nice little boy who would have been basically irrelevant to Jesus' time. See, it could have been way too long way too early or way too late. But the Lord wanted the child born at a particular time for a particular reason for his glory and honor. See how that works? The next thing is, so the first point here, all prayers are answered according to God's timing. Okay? Don't give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Even if you stop yourself and you say, I'm a big old hypocrite. I don't even believe my own prayer. That's okay. God knew that a long time ago. He knew that. But this is the God of grace who says, come to my throne. Come with whatever you have. And if you've never prayed, come, try it. Don't worry about it. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know what to say. Don't worry about it. You know, when my little grandkids, they're getting a little older now, but when they were really little, uh, they could only say a couple of words, but they would, and they would say Jesus, and they would go, and love, and we would go, isn't that great? They can talk. That's how God feels about us. Now, Zechariah said his prayer, wanted his prayer answered, and God was going to answer it in his time. But also God answers his, our prayers in his way. Not in our way, but in his way. Now, we know that if Zachariah's prayer was answered in his way. He would have had a child that would have been not the same as John. Been a good little Jewish boy, but not John the Baptist. This was a special child. Remember Hannah? Hannah comes to the Lord praying for a child, asking God for a child, crying about it, things like this. It's all fine, good. And when the child was born, she just didn't have any child. She had Samuel, a very special child, see? Because it was, it was actually answered in God's way, in God's time. Now, there's two problems in prayer. And that is this. We pray for... Prayers that are too, way too small. That's a problem. And we're about, we're a little shy about praying the big giant prayers. Know what I mean? We're a little shy about these huge prayers that seem like this could never happen. That's the one to pray. 
That's the one God wants you to pray about. You don't have to bring your expectations down because, see, what we do is we assess our prayers and we evaluate the answers based upon our human intellect. Is this really something that could be done? Could this really happen? Would that person really change? Could I change? Could relationships be met and mended? You see what I mean? We need to pray the big, giant prayers. Now, get this. I, I, um, for years and years, I had a prayer sheet. A prayer sheet, basically, is just a piece of paper, and I would write down on there all the things I'm praying about. Really, the thing that got me going on the prayer sheet was I couldn't remember all the stuff I was supposed to pray about. You know how some will say, Oh, Pastor, will you pray for me? Sure. Unless I wrote it down, I would forget it. You know what I mean? Am I the only one like that? So I would write the prayers down. And then I, and then I, began, to see, I began to see a pattern. I write it down, I begin to pray, and God answers. And I started being bold, and I started reading about this, and I'm going, hey, hey, hey. God can answer prayers. So at the Downey Church, we had, you know, fixed up our building and fixed up the interior and, and fixed up our fellowship hall, kind of like you guys are working on a lot of things here. And uh, everything looked great except when you went to our parking lot. In fact, my grandson came to church one day with my wife, and he's in the back seat, and Jenny's driving in the parking lot, and she, and he says, he's about six years old. He looks around, Grandma, this is the worst parking lot I've ever seen. Well, we knew that. The only thing is, parking lots are nothing but dollar signs when you fix them. I mean, they're a huge expense. And of course, we're like everybody else at Downey. We didn't have all those big bucks, you know, to do that with. But we knew who did. Huh? So I started praying, Lord... We need a parking lot. And then, of course, the way I would pray it, for your glory and for your honor, and in my back of my mind saying, also for my car, for my front end alignment, things like that. You know how we are. We're kind of, we, can, we can do both things at once. But God is faithful. And again, I was like Zachariah. I could pray my prayer sheet. And um, really, you know, how, you know how women can multitask? I can't multitask. I, I have to do one thing at a time. But when it came to prayer, I could multitask because I was praying it so frequently that I knew what I was going to say before I said it. And it wasn't honoring God. But you know what? God is faithful. That's another thing I wanted to tell you something about. Listen to this. Let me finish this story first and I'll tell you. So... Some of the days I would wake up during my prayer time and I'd be praying through, oh yeah, I'm, I'm praying for that parking lot, Lord. And by the way, listen to this. I changed the language. I said, at first I said, dear Lord, help us to raise the money to renew and redo our parking lot. And then I began to look at that and I go, that is not what God wants. That doesn't honor God. I struck that sentence out and I said, dear God, you fix our parking lot. Would you please? Or put it another way, Lord, would you please fix our parking lot? I'm not, I'm not asking him to give me the money. Uh, I'm asking him to fix it. Is that a pretty good prayer? So I'm praying and praying and praying. So one day I get done. I go out, you know, to greet everybody. And 
I'm shaking hands, and there's one guy that comes over, and he stands near me, and he's all dressed in a dark suit. And so I'm going, okay, we don't have too many guys at Downey in dark suits. I, maybe me, and maybe one other guy. So when he's coming, I'm saying, this guy's a lawyer, a policeman, somebody's jumped their bail, he wants to talk to me, you know what I mean? So anyway, shook hands with everybody, said goodbye to everybody, and then he comes over and he says, Pastor Williams, yes, sticks his hand in his pocket, pulls out this envelope, he says, I want to give this to you. I'm looking at it, it's an envelope, you know, and you're going, okay, (laughs) and he said, would you open it? And I go, okay, and I open it up, and I pull it out, and it was a check for about $108,000. check in my hands right there. Retirement right there, right in my hands. And he says, this is from the estate of a person, you know, and... Um, the only thing is, she wants it used here at this church. It can only be used here. It cannot be used for evangelism or it can't be used for mission. It's got to be used right here. Guess what happened? God gave us a parking lot. See? Yeah. I mean, I want to tell you that story because, uh, I want to tell you that story because, friends, listen, I'm not unique. Me and Jenny, we're just like you guys, okay? But I believe God can do all things, don't you? And today is the day, and when we have prayer today, I'm going to stand right down here, and you come down with that big prayer. See, we're praying the small ones. Those are small potatoes. Bring the big stuff to God. We're talking about God Almighty. That's who we're talking about. We're not talking about some little corporation or something, or we get several million dollars. We don't care. God owns everything. He's a big God. He wants to do big things in our lives. Now, I want to complete my sermon. I want to complete a little early today because I want to give us time. You know, we're all thinking about those uh, haystacks, by the way. By the way, if you ever go to another denomination and you say, we're having haystacks, you're going, what? What's a haystack? That's uniquely Adventist talk. Did you know that? It's Adventist talk. But I want to end today with a prayer because, see, every morning, Jenny and I, she prays in the living room. I'm in the kitchen around this table. We got our own spot, you know. And um, and as I'm sitting there and I'm praying, I'm thinking how much God loves me. And I'm going, man, Lord, if you knew me, Lord, you wouldn't love me. Wait a minute. He does know me. Lord, do you remember that thought I had the other day? Yes, he does. Still loves me. Lord, remember how I felt about her the other day? Not my wife. Not my wife. Does God know how I felt about her the other day? I'm not. Jenny and I are good all the time. But sometimes there's other people, you know, that kind of, <laughs> who's coming over? Okay, I got to go. Did you know about that, Lord? Yeah, I knew about that. Do you still love me, Lord? What's the Lord say? Yes, he does. Unconditionally. Well, a man's daughter called a local pastor. Would you please come over 
and sit with my father. He was at home in her house, in bed, propped up by two pillows. And he's not very well. And I'm asking you to come over and be with him and maybe pray with him. It's pretty typical for a pastor. And when the pastor got over there, he noticed here's the, here's the bed, here's the man, just like the daughter described it, two pillows, he's propped up. And then there was an empty chair right by the bed, right there, you know. And so the pastor walked in and said hello and introduced himself because they didn't know each other. And he said to the man, well, I can see that you were expecting me, thinking that his daughter had informed him, you know, and thinking that that chair was for the pastor to come and sit down in. And so the pastor goes, well, you, you were expecting me to come, huh? And I'm glad to be here. And he says, no, I wasn't expecting you. I didn't know you were coming. Well, um... I see the empty chair there. Oh, the empty chair. Oh, that. Okay, well, you can sit over here, Pastor. So the pastor sat down, not on the chair, in another place. And he said, I've had trouble with prayer all my life. Until one day, I went to one of my buddies, and I was saying, you know, I just, I just don't know how to pray. And so for most of his life, he just didn't pray. It seemed foolish to him. He didn't get it. So he went to his friend. He said, well, I don't know what to do. His friend, let's look at Look at All you need to do in your house, bring up a chair, an empty chair, to where you're at, wherever you're seated, and pretend like Jesus is sitting in the chair. And then go ahead and talk to the chair. Now, people might look at you if they see you and think you're a little strange. But go ahead and try it. So I told the pastor, for the past four years, I've always prayed with an empty chair there, and that's what that chair is about. And the pastor said, man, that's a wonderful thing. And they talked a little bit and shared. And finally, it was time uh, for the pastor uh, to get going. He was in a, had other things, and he just said, well, let me pray for you. Let me anoint you. And the man said, okay. He anointed him. He prayed with him and for him. And then he said goodbye. Well, two days later, he gets a call from the same daughter. And the daughter says, Pastor, um, my father passed away. And, um, you know, and the, the pastor talked with her a little bit, and she said, you know, it was the strangest thing, and I don't understand it. I was hoping maybe you did, but remember that empty chair by Dad's bed? And the pastor says, oh, yes, I do. He told me about it. Well, when I found my father deceased, he was leaning out of his bed, and his head was right on the chair. And you know, that's the kind of love and that's the kind of 
God we serve. And that's what prayer is really about. So come, come, come to prayer. Come with ever, whatever you have. Oh, I don't have any faith. Come on to prayer. I have no faith. Come to prayer. I have a little faith. Come to prayer. Because you know what? Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous people. And God answered their prayer in his time, right? But there was another person who was not righteous. And that is the thief on the cross said to Jesus in a prayer, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So answered prayer and prayer itself is not based upon your character or mine, but upon the character of the God we serve. Now I want you to come up here today to have prayer. What we're going to do, what we got to do? We've got to sing a song. What else we got to do? Sing a song. We're going to take an offering. Sing a song. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. And then when I have the amen prayer, we go amen, I want you to come right up here with me and Jenny, okay? Let's pray before we start. Lord, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness to us. Lord, we give our heart to you. And if you give your heart to Jesus today, just say amen. Lord, renew that spirit within us. And we will give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. And now may the God God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit go with you this day, supporting you and encouraging you and opening your heart to feel his love. We pray in thy name. Amen.